No matter how hard you try, you can chooby dooby down, but I can't stay through. And there is something to do. You go high that you leave me. There's your side to believe me. Then not enough to chooby do. No matter what I do, be do, be do. Do you believe? What's going on, guys? Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. We are here in week six, coronavirus ep- epidemic 2020. We have survived. Today, we only have two. The other two did not make it. Did not make the epidemic. They're done. No, I'm kidding. They're still alive. They're just going to make it tonight. I got my buddy, Robert Tucci, in the call. What's going on, brother? How's it going? And uh, I'd like to thank those guys who continue to listen. You know you know who you are. Corey Harpin, your number one listener. I st- you're, still, you're still the number one listener. You listen to every single podcast without a fail. I appreciate it. Uh, you're getting a T-shirt, my friend. We got Evan Baxter. We got Bruce Last. Uh, all these people that probably don't want me to put their last names in there. But it's okay. Nobody listens to this. It's all right. You know what? We appreciate you guys. We have our sponsors to thank. If it wasn't for them, we would still be doing this podcast because, you know, it's really not that expensive to do. But uh, <laughs> but thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, we got uh, alpaca chicken. If you guys want some uh, chicken in the Raleigh Durham area. Go to Alpaca. Uh, they got some of the best chicken you ever had in your mouth. It'll melt and it'll give you uh, a sexual-like uh, experience. <laughs> uh, then, you know, we have, uh, if you want to buy things on eBay, um, Blue Betsy Boutique. Go to eBay and search for Blue T- Betsy Boutique. You'll be able to see uh, what's going on there. You know, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And last but not least, Nation Homes. Thank you, guys. Thank you for supporting the podcast. You need something down in your house um whether it's a, rem- re- a remodeling or renovation or just any kind of home project we're going to reach out to nation homes in the raleigh Durant area um with that said let's get started so we are here on, on week six switching. um i have not left my house i'm starting to like slightly lose my mind I um I've been playing a lot of video games. I've been doing a lot of work. You know, man, it's I, interesting. I thought you lost your mind a couple weeks ago, so I no, can't no, no, imagine no. what it's like right now. <laughs> you know? I, I was pretending then. This is the real deal. I'm actually losing it now, but it's it's, it's so weird because. Let me ask you I'm, something. How have your dreams been recently? I mean, for me, it's been the same. I mean, I don't. That's not something. What is that something that has been changing for you? Yeah, like I've been having these really vivid dreams and like just really bizarre, far out there dreams. Well, I can tell you why though. What? You're not gonna like it. So I've heard this before from a number of different people, different sources, with the same outcome. Um, I just don't know if you want me to share this, but it has to do with the discontinuing of a particular uh, thing that you were doing in the past that you're no longer doing. Um, it's, it tends to instigate the, the, the vivid dreams. Yeah. This is something that I've heard from multiple different sources. Uh, so, uh, so it could be that, or it could be that you're stressed out. With well, that's, the that's been a long time, man. That's been a long time. I wonder though. Yeah. But it might be. So what do you think is happening then? You think you're like going to sleep all stressed out because of what's happening? Do you stress out about what's going on right now? No, I mean, 
I, I get I don't know. Like it's hard it's it's hard to like conceptualize stress, right? Cuz you don't know exactly where it's coming from in any given moment. Like I don't think I'm stressing out about the coronavirus, but I'm definitely stressing out about being home most the majority of my time, right? And like not being able to go out anywhere. So I think that maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's just like I haven't really had a whole lot of social interaction or at least like in person social interaction, like physical touch, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, I don't know. Cause like I was, I heard this, I don't know. I can't remember if it was on CNN or like NPR or something like that, but apparently like whenever someone doesn't have that physical touch, uh, of other human beings, like they, then it just makes their brain go haywire or something. I don't know. It's, it's fascinating, but no, see, I even heard that before that uh, babies, if you give a baby everything they need, food, warmth, and everything, but you're not touching them, if they don't have that touch, they actually could die. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely social creatures. And this is weird. But for me, it hasn't been that bad because we still, well, I mean, for me, it's a little bit different because I have my wife and my kid here, but you're alone in your house pretty much, right? <laughs> for, for the I mean, part, I don't mean yeah. to say it like that, but, you know. Well, no, it's true. It, like, I'm a single guy, like, you know, so, like, I'm most of the time, like, yeah, it's just me here. So I don't, I, I and I guess that's part of it, right? So, like, I haven't really talked to any of my other single friends to, like, figure out if it's going on with them or not, but. Um, but it's just, it's interesting. I think, cause like I've, I used to have pretty vivid dreams like in high school, like pre high school. And then it just kind of leveled off after that, where I didn't really dream. I mean, I still dreamed, but not like that much, but now it's like really intense. So, so, so tell me one of the latest ones, if you can share, is it crazy? Oh, man, I can't even, I can't even see. That's the thing. Like you never remember your dreams when you wake up. I think That's like true. I think in one of them I was being chased by a vampire or something. Like it was more like a nightmare type thing. But you know that could be like like that could be like symbolism for the coronavirus because like the the virus came from bats, right? And so <laughs> vampires Damn, you're deep, turn, bro. turn into bats. Yeah, I mean vampires turn into bats, and you know I guess I don't know. I guess you could kind of. Maybe it is a coronavirus, man. Maybe I'm just like freaked out to die from the coronavirus. What do you think? So here's the thing about it that's interesting. I right? like it's bad enough where you know we're all at home and and it is like historical times in which they essentially shut everything down. But it's not heavy enough for me to think that I could die from it, right? And even before the podcast, we talked a bit, of, and you were saying I, I'm I'm cautious, but I'm not worried that this is going to take me out. And I think. That seems to be the general consensus, right? So this is a major inconvenience, but it still doesn't feel like a life-threatening experience, right? It feels more like a socioeconomic distress, like, oh, man, like, I'm stressed out about what's going to happen with the economy. I'm stressed out what's going to happen with my job. I'm stressed out with this. But is it really stressing you out that you're going to die? I really don't feel like a lot of people are, even though it's not necessarily true, because I think it wipes out young and old well, mostly the old people, but it does wipe out the young as well, right? So, so maybe a lot of these fears are like subconscious, right? Like, because I'm I'm not actively afraid of what's happening. It feels like really weird times, but I'm not I'm not afraid for my life, right? Would you agree with that? It's kind of like, yeah. I mean, I I well, like I told you, like if if it's a coronavirus that's gonna take me out, like so be it. 
Like at that point, it was gonna be something anyway. So you, you know. say that, but then when you're like, when you get it, when they give you like, here's your results for COVID nineteen, you have it, and you're like, oh shit. Oh yeah. And you're like your booty hole getting all tight. Oh no, like I I don't mean to diminish the disease at all. It is a huge problem and people should pay attention to it and follow social distancing and all that. But what I what I'm trying to get at is like I can't go around for the next couple years of my life just like living in terror and fear, you know? So I'm willing to do that for the next couple months. But we need to like have a process in place to transition out of this complete social isolate social isolation, um, and like and I don't mean like what Donald Trump and the Republicans have in mind, where we just all of a sudden open up in the next week or two, <laughs> you know, like because that's not going to be good for anybody. But I think there's a way. You know, Germany's figured it out, South Korea's figured it out, China's figured it out. I, we just need to have a way to kind of when we level off the cases to their then transition into kind of like a cautious, you know, like opening up of, of the world of, of the social world, the economic world, everything. Um, so that's, that's my opinion on it. So what, go, what, what are the Republicans saying right now? They're saying that they want to reopen um, soon, right? Yeah, I mean, and, you know, people will say, oh, it's not all the Republicans. Like, oh, yeah, the Ohio governor, Mike DeWine, like he's he's trying to keep everything closed on. No, it is it's, it is the Republicans. So here's, you know, Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party. And he's the one that pretty much establishes a platform for what they're trying to do. And what he's he, what he's out there saying right now is we need to immediately open up the economy. Like I guarantee you, if it wasn't for Anthony Fauci and Dr. Burks, who are kind of like the, the, the two front front people for the, the coronavirus response for the federal government, if it were not for them, Trump would have already opened the economy. Right. Um, but what he's trying to do is discredit the impact of the virus and also like what's going to happen if we open up the economy? Like he's trying to discredit that there's going to be, you know, a resurgence of the virus, a second curve, stuff like that. But also he's, he's actively trying to discredit and also not help with testing, which is the most important thing to open up the economy. Cause you need to know who has the antibodies to fight off the virus but also who's who's already infected, you know? Um, and that way you can kind of make a smart decision about, okay, who can return to work, you know, if there's like a higher level position, like a government position, like who can we, who, who can be around certain people, you know? Um, but Trump is just out there saying, oh, it's not my responsibility. Like it's the governor's responsibility. They need, they, they need to be the ones to go out there and get the testing kits and all of that. When in reality, these testing kits are coming from international sources and it's, it's really the federal government's prerogative to help the states and facilitate the transfer of those testing kits from overseas to the, to the states. So that, I mean, that's, I, I don't know, that's a very long winded response, but that's in a nutshell what his position is right now. It's essentially, you know, I 
really don't think this virus is that big of a deal. Um, we need to reopen the economy ASAP and we need to do it while not testing that many people. Yeah. I think that is obvious to me that this guy cares about like either money or reelection that he's got a second thing. Like he doesn't really want to, he's not known for talking to like doctors or scientists. Right. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking over some of his like latest tweets. Right. And, and to me, um, they're, they're pretty like obvious what he's trying to do. I'm trying to find it, uh, coming back country. Stuff. So for example, 13 hours ago, he, he tweeted, Donald Trump said, States are safely coming back. Our country is starting to open for all business, all capits, you know, like open for business again. Special care is and always will be given to our beloved seniors, except and then on parentheses, except me. Uh, <laughs> their lives will be better than ever. We love you all. So he's, he's like trying to find ways around. Look, so. He knows that the minute, so he so to me, this is a very calculative message, right? Because that, that's what something that he's really good at. So, like, he's saying we're, we're gonna open, and he keeps on saying safely, put in the, the words that he thinks are important in capital letters. Like, a lot of people are sick of being at home, so even can even you, right? Like, open for business, it just like jumps out, right? Yeah. And then the biggest response to that is people are gonna die, which you know. That's why it, and it's typically all the older people are going to die. So he's trying to say, like, we're going to reopen and we're going to take care of this people. But those don't go together because you can't open and take care of them. There is no vaccination. There is no other way to prevent them from getting sick other than social distancing. Right. So it's not that's the problem with him. He's not backed up by facts. Um, but also, like, how long can we go without opening the country? Right. Or without having certain businesses go back. Like, we're not going to be able to sustain this for much longer. Or how long can we sustain it for? Well, I mean, I don't think anyone knows the answer to that. Um, but at the same time, what, you know, what we're doing right now, no matter how long we can sustain that, we definitely cannot sustain the virus wiping out a significant portion of the country, like in terms of getting sick and not just dying, but also getting sick, you know, um, which that's the real risk that we're running if we open up too quickly. So that's why I'm saying like, I think by June or July, like we can probably start reopening a lot of places, but definitely not this month and definitely not in May. I don't think, but we like, let's use this time to establish a plan and put it in place where we can slowly start building up to a reopening. And then also when we do reopen, what are going to be kind of like the ground rules, you know, like who, like, is there going to be a six foot social distancing rule? Like, are we going to be able to have concerts? Are we going to be able to have sporting events? Is the NCAA ever going to come back again? Like, how are we going to do this? that in a way that makes sense and that also mitigates the risk for another catastrophe to happen. Um, Cause that's, that's the ultimate thing, right? Everything that we're doing right now sucks and it hurts and it hurts the economy too, but that is for a reason. It's because we don't want to cause more damage than what we're doing right now. 
Um, and if I, I really do think that if we were to open too quickly, that would cause so much more damage than if we were just to wait even a month or two longer. So, right. It just the idea of reopening. It does. You can't help but to think like this is a separate reason. Like, all right, if we're focusing on the on the real problem, which is keeping people from dying and getting sick. There's no reason to reopen, like zero reasons to reopen. The only reason to reopen would be for other reasons, right? Like though some bus businesses are closing, re-election, um, the way the, the way it is affecting the oil prices, for example. Um, so yeah, dude, that's crazy. I, I don't know what to think, but if anybody's listening to this a few years from now, uh, or even if we're listening to to this from a few years and now, I could tell you like. It's a, it's scary times, but it's like mundane times at the same time. We realize it's not like we're under war, under attack. Um, no one's starving. Um, no one that I know is like dying yet, at least you know. But it, it just it's just sort of like you're just sitting stagnant, right? And, and it's it's just a weird weird feeling. And like um, most of the worries come from. Am I going to keep my job? Is my job going to continue to happen? What's going to happen to, yeah, like what's going to happen to the economy in the future? That seems to be like the biggest concerns. No one's really concerned about dying, I don't think. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I really don't trust the way that is being handled by by the president of, of this country. So I wonder what the fuck did Korea, North Korea, and um, what was the other, oh, and Germany Dude, are they reopened already? South Korea. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, so yeah, Germany's actually has already started their phased reopening. And they, I, 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 at least from what I recall, they got their first case way later than we got our first case. So, uh, but the, the reason that they're able to do that is because they've been testing people and they have a, they have a whole nation national program to test everybody in the country for uh, specifically for the antibodies, which is, you know, those things in your immune system that show up after you get a disease and that's what fights off a future infection. So that's what they're testing everybody for just to see who already has the antibodies. Um, and, you know, that's, that's smart because that allows you to know, who can go out there in the open and not have to worry about, well, hopefully not have to worry about a reinfection. So um, South Korea, very similar, you know, they were, they were smarter though at the beginning where they actively uh, like investigated each case and who they were around, who they infected and then completely closed off those individuals. So it, rather than like have it spiral out of control, they were quick to quarantine the individuals who were early, uh, you know, contractors of the disease. So, well, and I heard too is because they had some sort of disease that happened before, right, or some shit that happened before, and they and they were in somewhat aware, or they had taken precautions and things like that. Oh yeah, so that's from the SARS uh, epidemic. Well, it wasn't really an epidemic, but it was. So SARS is another coronavirus that I, I'm sure 
for people in our age group remember it was back in like 2002 2003 um that was a much deadlier disease so that killed i think about a third of the people that got it um i may be i may be mixing that up with MERS, but it was definitely a, a more deadly disease and uh what, so the effect was, you know, people took it more seriously, a lot more seriously than the coronavirus. And what happened was they eventually, early on, completely stopped the transmission of it. And so South Korea was one of those countries that had some cases of SARS. And so they took what they learned during that experience and applied it to the coronavirus. And... Um, you know, it, it really worked out well for them. I mean, they didn't have a whole lot of cases uh, this year at all. So that's fucking awesome. We should just do whatever they do and just be done with it. But it's just, it's not as simple as that, right? I mean, dude, I went out to um to UPS. So I've been really good, man. I've been like not going out at all. Like I don't even go to the grocery store. I order everything. Um, but it's not been hitting me emotionally that bad because you know I have my family here and I. I like to play video games and I stay, you know, I'm actually working full time as if I was working at the office just from home. So I'm pretty much doing the same things that I normally do. I still go and exercise and whatnot. So it's really haven't been, hasn't been fucking with my head as much as it probably is fucking with somebody that would be by himself. Like I was talking to this guy on the computer the other day and he is in Minnesota or something um, on, on a video game. And he's like, yeah, dude, it's crazy because I li- I have roommates so I work in my room and I sleep in my room. So that right there, that that specific thing of working in your room and sleeping in the same room that you're working, that's mind fucking, right? That right there, that'll fuck you up. Just like get up, because it's like sort of like some jail, like some imprisonment, something. You, you see what I'm saying? Like that, yeah, not I, having I, that free thing. Um, I can't imagine that. I mean. And it's been what six weeks already. Something. I mean, probably more for him. Like, I. Well, okay. So my question is, why can't he like go out there and socialize with his roommates? No, he can, but he's working, right? Well, I mean, I didn't get into it. I talked to the guy for like thirty minutes on a computer. But I, I if I'm envisioning this situation, it's like, well, first off, it's really hard to be in in the same house with your significant other. Even more, even harder with somebody that's like roommate that is not necessarily somebody that you can, you know, you 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 tolerate them, but you're not like you don't want to be around them all the time. I would assume, right? Uh, right. Plus, you you're doing your job, so you can't really be hanging out in the living room. You're sort of just you have to be working, so you need a, a, a you need a private space, which is your room. Uh, so you're making calls, or you're doing whatever you have to do for your job. You need to be in a silence, ex, a, a non like social area. I assume. Uh, just in case you're on video calls or whatnot. So you have to be in the room um, most of the day, right? Because you're still working normal. So from like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., you're there. Uh, and then when it comes time to relax, you might go to the kitchen and, and interact with them some. But, you know, how much can you do you or want to interact with them? And then you go back into your room and let's say you play video games or go to sleep or whatever. You're still in the same area. That's got to fuck with your head, dude. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been hard for me. And like, I live in a, like, I, I cannot complain because I have a three bedroom townhome. And like, I can at, at least have the luxury of being able to go downstairs every day, work, and then go upstairs and sleep. So, right. It gives uh, you a bit of a separation, just that, I think. Yeah. But like, I, you know, I tell you what I've been doing to kind of mitigate the stress and the anxiety and whatever else is like, I've been working out almost every single day. 
and like i'm in the best shape i've been in my, i think my whole life right now just because i have so much time to do it you know it's and that, have you been have you been going outside or just doing it inside the house no just doing it inside i mean i've been i, I have been going out and like you know doing you know running and all that but also meditation um so that's the other thing so like exercise meditation which i think we talked about last week mm-hmm. um, so that's been important but also like doing stuff that i've been wanting to do but haven't really had the time to like dedicate or just i've been too tired or stuff like that it's like i've been reading a lot more now and then i'm uh actually gonna i'm buying a cello and i'm gonna start you know learning to play that so um it's yeah i mean it's it's a good it's a good time to do the things that you've always wanted to do but you just haven't had the time to do it i think yeah that's the positive side of this right is that there there is i mean i almost i was joking around with a friend today like if if my job like my job can be entirely done through the computer but let's say I, i worked in a job in which you couldn't right i would be home still and i wouldn't be able to work at all i would be probably more stressed out about more stressed out about uh money but i wouldn't i would be fucking doing whatever i wanted to do you know like should should i be a pro at call of duty by the end of this thing you know what i'm saying (laughs) like i uh it would be it'd be cool but like yeah there is a positive side of it like the amount of time that i've been able to spend with my daughter as she's you know a little bit over a year old it's something that I would have never had the, the and no, not a lot of people do have the the luxury of doing right. Like we live in a time in which you like spend most of your day or at, at the office or outside, and then you see your daughter for a few hours at night. So right now, what I'm what I'm able to do, it, it is really really nice, dude. Um, so there is a positive thing to this this whole coronavirus craziness and shit. Being able to spend this much time doing other things. Um, not, dude, but you need to go outside, bro. Because even if you're, yeah, working out is key, bro. I've been working out every day too, um, doing like the the workout videos or whatnot. But uh, and I also been biking, like going out and just like, I mean, not being around people, but like being in the sun and shit, you know. Because um, if you're at home all day, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder. I, I've been going out, so like, I live in a very dense neighborhood, and. <laughs> <laughs> so like a- any time during the day, there's always a lot of people out walking. All so right. instead of like going out there and joining with that, what I've been doing is just kind of driving around like the Morrisville, Cary, Raleigh area and finding really interesting places. For example, like office complexes or like warehouses that are out in the middle of nowhere that have like a lot of wooded areas and all that. And they're just, they're completely abandoned now because no one's working. So, so like, it'll be just me in this like 50,000 square foot field. (laughs) And like, all I do is like, I'll sit there, you know, I'll collect myself. I'll meditate for like 30, 40 minutes. And then I'll just get up and start like running or walking or just enjoying the surroundings. And like that, that's been huge. Cause like that, been, yeah, good. So you meditate and then you get up and start running and shit. Yeah. Cause like it clears your mind. It's uh, a crazy, crazy picture to see. Like I imagine you're like going home and say, now they just start running. Like, like, are you in workout clothes at this point or? Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but like, 
That's awesome, man. Yeah, because I mean, like it's my one one time during the day to get out there and like enjoy nature. So I'm gonna like where you know normally you'd probably go out there to just meditate or just run, but like for me that's like okay, I better get it all in at the same time because I can't really go out and run in my neighborhood with everybody around, or I, I at least don't want to do that because I'd feel really bad if I infected anybody, and like I I do not have the coronavirus that I know of, but. I do go in grocery shops, so I'm trying to minimize contact as much as possible. Well, dude, I went to UPS because I bought a bike because we've been biking and it's been really nice. So we bought a bike online, which came out like a piece of shit. I, I, don't buy anything from CD Grounds, a piece of shit company. Send a, a broken bike and then they didn't want to replace it. But anyways, I had to go into the UPS store just to return the package, right? And I was shocked at the amount of people who are out there just living normal lives, dude. Like, it's next to a Walmart, and it was packed, dude. And people were just fucking buying mulch and whatever, man. Like, no one's, like, really trying to socially distance. And it's like, yeah, we're socially distancing unless I have to go buy mulch. Is that how we're approaching this? Which is why I think this is going to go on for way longer than we expect. This shit is going to go on. Until at least the at least September and even the, the end of the year. Well, that's what We're really gonna... bugs me is like, you know, people if they just followed the guidelines and did what they were asking, then we could open up everything much earlier than how we're trending right now. So, I, you know, I, you know, there, all these protests that are out there, you know, in downtown Raleigh and Ohio and all these other states that have lockdowns, Michigan. Oh yeah. There's protesting happening in downtown rally and all over the country, uh, basically wanted to reopen, but are they denying the fact that COVID-19 is, is there's a bunch of like, you know, typically very right wing, like country people. I don't know how you want to describe them. They're like out there saying this is bullshit. We should reopen the country. Like trying to like yeah. undermine the fact that there is a, I, I, issue I, with- I understand where they're coming from. I understand it, but it doesn't make it correct, right? That's not, that is not an accurate frame of mind to be in. And it's unfortunate because they can't see that because all they're hearing is this propaganda and bullshit from the president and, you know, the right-wing media, Fox News, Sean Hannity, Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, you know, all these, you know, talking heads right-wing talking heads saying, oh, yeah, you know, the lockdowns are just to suppress your rights. It's the left-wing trying to, you know, diminish Donald Trump and make sure he loses a presidential election, blah, 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 blah. And Donald Trump is just feeding into that every day during his news conferences, news news briefings. And it's causing this, this furor among his supporters when in reality, what we need to be doing is understanding that this virus, it, it, there is a way to make it go away, but it's not by, you know, flagrantly denying the, <laughs> the recommendations that the, the government is saying we, we need to follow. So if people keep doing that and just disregarding all everything that they're saying needs to be done then 
I am fearful that what's going to happen is, you know, it may not be this summer, but definitely during the fall, there's going to be a huge resurgence of coronavirus cases, and then we're going to have to do another lockdown again. So, you know, if that happens, that, then that's going to be right around the time of the election. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen when that Pandora's box is opened, you know? Yeah, I think that it's very, very, very possible that we have an extension of Donald Trump's presidency based on not being able to properly have elections. And I don't know if this has ever happened before, but I can see that being a thing like, hey, we can't we can't have a new president because uh, we we are not able to properly because here's what it would happen, right? They would if first the, the idea of, of online voting would come up, which would be very, very much rejected by particularly the Republicans that would hate that idea because, you know, more people would be able to vote and they're going to say that is fake or whatever. And then they would just try to discuss the fact that while it would happen to gather a bunch of people into a room to vote and then it would just kind of be like, no, you know what? Never mind. We're going to. There's going to be, I don't know how that, if that has ever happened in history or if there's something in place for that, but I bet you it's going to happen. This guy's presidency is going to get extended because of that. I mean, if it was going to happen to anybody, it was, it's definitely going to be Donald Trump, you know, like there's no, there's not a, a shred of doubt in my mind that this guy is going to do everything in his power to take advantage of this situation and in order to benefit his prospects of reelection <clears throat> in the fall or to completely postpone the election, you know? So I, I have no doubt in my mind. And if anyone's out there and they're thinking to themselves, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Where have you been the past three years? <laughs> you know, this guy, Donald Trump is not somebody who does things to benefit other people. He exclusively and solely does things from the, the frame of, of mind to help himself, to benefit himself. He is a narcissist. He is Machiavellian. He is a wannabe dictator. And everything he does is to aid that cause. And I guarantee you, if we have a resurgence of coronavirus in the fall... He is going to come out there and say, we need to delay, postpone, cancel, whatever, the election in order to keep people safe. And just, just pay attention to what he's doing right now because he's trying to open everything up way quicker than it needs to. Now, I don't know what his motivation is. Oh, are, are you saying that he's trying to open things quicker because he knows it's going to spread and then that way... I mean, like, that would be look. fucking crazy. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> look. I don't know, man. That's a little. You think so? Like, I damn, mean, dude. Would you would you really put it past him though? That would so that would take a conscious, basically a conscious sabotage. Like, okay, because the first thought is the guy is so focused on getting reelected that he's seeing this issue as an obstacle so he doesn't want to really listen to scientists so he just wants to go over oh, right? so that's is, the number one thing he's all but no, but, consumed by it. it it it's every fiber of his being is, no, but is what, consumed by no, but listen, wanting listen, to but what you're, yeah. what you're saying now is 
he's he is actually listening to the scientists, understanding the science behind it, and then using that science to manipulate his reelection. That's a completely different thing. You understand that, right? So one of them is just like he's just being a stubborn dickhead, and the other one is like almost like an evil plan that would actually cost American lives or just you know lives in general to be like. I know basically like calculative, like, all right, I know that if we open up now, it'll make it worse and it'll make it go into November. Oh, I, I, look, I don't think so, this is an evil genius or anything. I think, that would be fucked up. Here, here's, yeah, what I mean, think, here's what I think has happened. I think he has listened to Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks and all of these other scientists out there who are saying, hey, if you open up too quickly, there's going to be a huge resurgence in the fall i think he's heard that and he's thought to himself okay but how does that negatively impact me right so what you're so what you're saying is like he it know he knows that it will positively impact him if it goes until november right i think he's made that value judgment i think he has heard the advice of those scientists and he's consciously thought to himself Okay, but that doesn't really benefit me if we continue to close the, you know, to uh, socially distance and close the economy. It doesn't benefit me. And then it's over in November. But I see, I don't think so. I think it's more like, I think it's more like he he's worried about the, he doesn't think that it's going to run until November. He honestly doesn't think like that. Uh, so he, he um, He's trying to boost the economy and, and see him as a good guy, and, and he doesn't really understand how many people are going to die. Well, I here, don't think he's I think he's calculated like that. You know, I used to think like that. I used to think this guy's not that smart. You know, he's just out there saying all this shit that he doesn't even know what it means. But I think I'm not saying he's an evil genius, but he definitely knows a whole lot more than he's letting on. And he's able to say this stuff in a way that that frenzies his base of support, right? So he knows just the right things to say in a simple way to have 30, 40% of the country follow his every word. He's mastered that. Yeah, with and, Twitter. Absolutely. So he's 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 smart in that sense, right? And he's also I, you know, smart, I, you can say, I don't, I wouldn't use that word, but uh, definitely demented in a way where he perceives every single thing in such a way of whether it benefits him or not. Right. And like that, you can't deny that it's every, anything anyone says to him, you look at these press briefings for every reporter who asks him a question, if it, if it even has a hint of something that's that will negatively impact him, he attacks the reporter, right? So everything that this man hears is perceived in a lens that either helps him or hurts him. So I don't think it's that far of a stretch to say that once he heard that if we open up sooner, then there's going to be a resurgence in the fall. I don't think it's that far of a stretch to say that this man thought to himself, you know, that wouldn't be such a bad thing because then we can cancel the election. I, I seriously don't think that that's so far out there to say. I just, I just, something like that would, to me, what, what, 
makes it really hard to swallow is that the idea that he would fucking know that people are going to die. So essentially he's like, cause there's a, it's a huge difference of, uh, from an idiot that thinks that he truly, truly believes that this is not that big of a deal that people need to chill and, and, and thinks that we can take care of the senior citizens. We can somehow do different things and protect them. Like where he honestly, like almost naively thinks that it can be done. And then there's a difference from somebody that actually understands and does it anyways and knows that those people are going to die. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but and, then again, that, if, he, if he actually cared about people dying, then he would have been ramping up the testing kits and sending them out to the states who need it. This this is not a president who cares about citizens or their lives. But you think that he's you think that he's actively making that connection? I don't think he is, dude. That's the thing. I think he uh, he sees the bad part about the testing is like there'll be a lot of cases and then we'll look bad, but he's not making a connection with the testing and being able to keep it contained and protecting it. Like, which is what's wrong with the whole thing. The guy, I feel like just the guy is just not smart enough for that. He's just too focused on one thing, which is making himself look better. He's not seeing these connections otherwise. Yeah. But, but that, that's what I mean though. It's like, he doesn't care. Like that's not even, that doesn't factor into his mind. And this goes for the election too. So I don't think he's thinking to himself, oh, more people are going to die. That benefits me, right? No, I think what he's thinking is, oh, there's going to be more cases in the fall. Then we can just cancel the election, right? So Joe Biden won't even have a chance. That's what I think is going on in his brain. Like I don't even think deaths really factor in there. Um, which, which that's a whole nother problem, right? If he's not thinking, oh, this is going to equate to more deaths. That just shows that he just doesn't care at all, which I mean, that's trademark sociopath. Hey, but if they, if they, um, if they, uh, postpone the elections, I mean, he's buying himself, what, maybe a couple of months, a year. I mean, well, Congress would have to be the one. Congress would have to be the one to delay, postpone, cancel the elections. But here's the thing. like, So this has never happened before. So what happens if the president comes out via executive order and cancels the election, right? What happens then? It's not in the Constitution, right? It's well, not, needs to be a, it doesn't mean there's not going to be another election, is it? Well, no one knows, right? So like, if he actively comes out with an executive order, does that mean that everyone just ignores it? Because like, legally, that's... That's on extremely shaky ground. He can't do that. But if he does do it, and if he tries to bring in the military to prevent people from voting, what do we do? You know? Well, I have a hard time believing that the American public would accept a president, even if they love him, that is not open to to elections. Because that, you know, it, it's very aggressively non-accepted the idea of communism and dictatorships and all that that is like against the core of the american culture right of having an absolute leader right like but, that but in the middle of a pandemic yeah but so he'll buy himself maybe okay let's say he buy himself a couple of years but eventually somebody's gonna be like what the fuck yeah, there needs to be elections right uh i, I mean i hope so i, re- I really hope so and I, I do think there's a significant minority if not majority of the country who would be on board with that right my fear i would think go ahead of, of on board with what with ha- with like actively opposing any attempt not to have elections 
So, but my fear is he's already in power. And so I've always like, you know, at first when he was elected, I thought to myself, okay, well, it's just going to be four years. Like we'll vote him out. Right. But the more that I saw this man and what he did and the actions that he took throughout his presidency, the more I became convinced that he's not going to leave office willingly. Right. He's not going to leave. He's not going to accept defeat. He is. And, and if if you can seriously look at everything this man has done, everything he says on a daily basis and his news briefings and his Twitter account, whatever, and and consciously think to yourself that he's going to graciously accept defeat and a November election to Joe Biden. I don't know how you get to that conclusion. But I don't see it. I just don't see it. And I really do think he's going to do everything in his power to stay in office or to just completely disregard the results of the election. And you know what? The coronavirus makes that so much more easier for him. Well, I think that he uh, he can he's going to moan and bitch. But as far as actually. So what you're saying is like he's going to be like, hey, Joe Biden wins. Joe Biden won, right? And and the, and he's gonna be like, nope, no, I'm not, I'm not stepping down. That's not gonna fly, bro. I don't care with what. I mean, I could see the whole like the elections are not being held because of the coronavirus, but what you're fearing is he's gonna get actually not elected and he's gonna refuse to leave office, right? Exactly. That's not gonna go down in this country, bro. I hope with not. anybody. I hope not, but it's never happened before, right? So I don't know how, I like. For everyone who says it's not going to happen, what if it does happen? What and if if it was going to happen, it would be with this president, right? So what if that happens? What what if when you know January 9th rolls around and he's supposed to transition power over to Joe Biden? What if instead he goes out there and says, "I'm declaring a national emergency, and I am not." handing over power during this time of national crisis. Who at that point steps in, right? There, there's no rule book for this. This has never been done before. So is it, is it going to be the military? Are we going to have a soft coup? How, how are we going to handle this? Hmm. And I think I, I'm not trying to alarm anyone. I am not an alarmist by any means. But what I am trying to do is plan ahead and get people to start thinking about how we're going to approach this situation. Because if it was going to happen at all in, in the history of this country, it's going to happen with this president. Yeah, I mean, that's a great fucking question. I like to think that. I mean, is there nothing written? So, like, okay, so you mean to tell me any of the fucking presidents that have gone through and this whole thing could have been like, nope, I'm not stepping down, and then there's no systems in place for them to be like, no, it's been already four years, you need to, and you didn't get reelected, or it's been eight years, you, you, you got to step down. There's nothing in place for that? Absolutely not. There's nothing Zero. that says you got to get at out. Nothing at all. Nothing, no laws, not nothing. A, are you sure? I am 100% positive. The Constitution says that the next president takes office, you know, during the 
with the night this date and January, blah, 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 blah. Right. So that's that's clear, right? The transition of power happens, but nothing is there to say if it doesn't happen, this is what this is who should step in to make sure it happens, right? Nothing is there that says that. Because my thought would be the military would be like, no, 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 you're, you're done. Or some, I mean, somebody would say that, you know, but I, that's crazy. Um, I guess it, it, it assumes that the fact that someone else is stepping in, that the other person has to step out. But what you're saying is that that other person could deny stepping down, decline stepping down, and somehow that would work. That sounds uh, fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, I mean, so the the interesting part is the America never used to have a standing army, right? So before the um, American Revolution, obviously the Continental Congress came in, commissioned the army, and then after the American Revolution, they decommissioned it. You know, a couple times thereafter, they recommissioned it, but for a, for a pretty big portion of this country's history, we never had a standing army. So, you know, let's say... Jordan, does that mean a standing army? Like well, an army all, like at all times, like we do now, like just ex- having an army ready to go. Exactly. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's say George Washington all of a sudden said, you know what? I'm not going to hand power over to John Adams. I'm just going to stay in office and be, you know, president, you know, king of this country for until I die. Right. Who would have stepped in to remove him from office? The people themselves at the time. Like so. So another revolution. Yeah, but not to that level. I think that at that point it would have been just like, I mean, a small group of people could have taken him out without him having an army. But that's presupposing that there wouldn't be a counter to that. So here's my thing, right? Donald Trump has 30, 40% of this country who are fervent supporters of his. Who, And by the way, these supporters have all of the fucking guns, right? <laughs> They do. Oh, snap. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> fucking kill everybody. They have all of the guns. They have all of the body armor. They have all of the illegal grenades and and automatic weapons. Dude, they are they have been preparing for this moment for how long? Decades at least, right? So that is my fear is people are not taking this seriously enough. And I have never been an alarmist. And you you know me. Like, I have always been calm, always been cool and collected. But it amazes me that people think that this man is just going to accept defeat and, and step down. I, I do not see that from Donald Trump at all. And I really do think we need to start thinking about what is going to be the response? What what are we going to do if this man all of a sudden comes out and says, ah, you know, that election, it was rigged. There were so many illegal immigrants who voted in it. We can't accept those those results. You know, the I am the person that is going to save all of you. So what I like to think would happen is... So what you're saying is like he says that, right? And he doesn't step down. Then they make him step down, and then the his 40% majority who's armed would 
strong arm this and like they would actually actively do this. Uh, I, I mean, I, I would like to think that at that point there would be some sort of like police intervention, um, military intervention. Like you can't just have people interfere with the government, even if it's not written. I so mean, th- I don't... so think about it. Who is in the military? Who who is in the police force? Do you think there's a bunch of left wing people in the police force in the military? I mean, I think there's some because it's very. I mean, I like to think now even more than ever is is more uh, diverse, and there are some left leaning people in in those fields. I think that would not be okay with something like that. There's there's definitely but, some, but I do not think it's a majority, my friend. I don't think it's close, and I I you know the the biggest police union endorsed Donald Trump for election in 2016 he has way more support from police unions and and police officers than any presidential candidate in history right um and you know that a lot of that's because of you know his opposition to the black lives matter movement and all these racist policies and etc etc but uh, you know and then specifically to the military Look at what he's done for these Navy, like, for example, the Navy SEAL officer who is, you know, accused of war crimes and of cutting this war prisoner's head off uh, during, you know, a time of war and had an active court martial where they found where they convicted him. Right. What did he do? He forced the Navy to reinstate the officer. So he's actively out there shirking all of these military laws to protect these officers, these military people who are breaking the law. And he's essentially saying, don't worry, I have your back if you have mine. Right? That's the implicit arrangement there. So I look. I have every respect for our military service members. But I also know that there is a lot of right-wing sentiment in the military. And I'm afraid that if the country were to come to a point like it did in the Civil War, where people have to choose sides, I'm not very confident that that would result in a majority of the military coming over to the Democrats side. I just don't see that. So here's the message for the Democrats right now. We all need to come together and buy guns right after this podcast, go to the store, your local (laughs) Kmart, buy guns, buy guns, motherfuckers, buy guns. Just in case there's way too many Republicans with guns, hide them, do whatever you need to do with them. Um, but we need more guns, right? Tucci? that's that's the message for the children. Look, I've for the for <laughs> nearly my whole life, I've always been against guns. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? You're gonna buy a gun? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I was just I was kind of kidding, but go ahead, bro. We have a Second Amendment apparently that just allows individuals to buy whatever the fuck they want. So, you know what? If it's gonna be the right wing radicals that are 
buying up all these guns and threatening to use them against the left-wing communists and socialists. Absolutely. I will do whatever I need to do to protect myself, my family against such radical ideas. I have no problem doing that. Um, now, that's not... Like... Go ahead. So you sound like a Trump supporter, and no, I'm kidding. No, I, I am responding to what they're saying. I mean, that's that. If you go on, <laughs> if you go on some of these right wing Reddit sites and and all, it's it's just, oh man, it is just mind boggling the rhetoric, the conspiracy theories that you that you see. It it just it's so far removed from reality that you just you can never get back to reality. And that's the scary thing because these people are buying, you know, for example, like that uh, in the hotel in uh, the Monterey Bay or whatever it's called in Las Vegas, the guy that shot at that whole group of people at the country music concert, right? Mm -hmm. These are the types of weapons that these people have with the bump stocks and they're able to shoot, you know, ungodly amounts of rounds per minute into open field, open crowds and kill massive amounts of people. And, and I, I don't want to cause fear or alarm in anybody, but this is the type of rhetoric that's out there. I'm, I am not like making this up at all. Like go on. Yeah, so, so you're, you're comparing. So do we know that guy was a, a like, Oh no, no, no. We don't know that for sure. But I'm saying like the type of weapons that are are available. So you're saying if it came down to, you know, protecting Donald Trump's presidency. So just to simplify, to oversimplify what's, what we're talking about would be, there's a potential that Donald Trump doesn't step down and it could come down to the amount of citizens owning guns that support him and them having this fully automatic weapons and what they would do. Right. See, dude, but here's the thing. That would take a, an incredible amount of, like, s- being able to synchronize yourself with what's happening and acting and, and, and just not giving a fuck about, like, think about it. If I, even if I'm, like, a super Republican person at my home and I got, like, you know, 15, 20 guns and I see Donald Trump is uh, appointed himself, I'm trying to see this scenario happening right so i'm at home i love donald trump and i got a tons of guns right yeah and i and i'm looking on tv and he fucking appointed himself president forever and i like it i like it. i'm really digging that at what point do i see that this is a threat and do i grab my guns and start going like how do you get together with the name like what where would are this like how can they do that like how oh, are no. they gonna be like like, yeah. oh, let's get together and let's go over there and 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 knock him and, and protect him. How does that even fucking going to work? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the vast majority of his supporters are going to go out in the streets, right? What I am saying, though, is there are all of these right-wing uh, militias that have been... Oh, like, already organized. Like, they're ready for this shit. Exactly. Yeah. They're, and guys, go on the internet, just type in right-wing militia. And you will see it'll it'll blow your minds just how many of them there are, um, and they're predominantly in the South, um, but they are established organizations that uh, militant organizations that are pretty much at the ready to step in whenever Donald Trump says 
the order, right? And that's not me saying that. That is them saying that through Reddit, through these online messaging boards, 4chan, 8chan, etc. Um, and that's what scares me, right? Like, I'm not worried about the 30, 40% of, his, of the nation that are his supporters. What I'm worried about are the disproportionate number of civilian militant, you know, militias that support him. And also his level of support in the police forces and military organizations in the country. Um, so what I'm thinking in my head is, okay, let's say he comes out and says, I'm not leaving office. Well, if the Democrats try and respond to that by trying to remove him, I think it might cause a civil war. And I'm not sure how well we will fare in a civil war, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I could, I could see that, but I wonder. Okay, so if it causes a civil war, do you think it would be like straight up like what you would think? I mean, it would be a if the military and the police are on one side, and there's no civil war, dude. We're done. That's it. We're just gonna be doing whatever they do. There's not gonna be a civil war. Oh yeah, if they're all, you know, if they're all on the side of the law and they do what's right, there is no civil war. Guarantee. Well. Maybe there's going to be some skirmishes, some conflict, but it won't be a huge full-scale, you know, conflict. I mean, there would be no, there'd be no contest because, yeah, the majority of left, like left-leaning people are, do not own weapons. I, I particularly don't own a weapon. I've been thinking about buying one, and then I'm such a like, I'm so flip floppy. I, I really wanted to buy a weapon, and then I just kind of fell off of it as like I don't want to spend the money on it. That's what it comes down to, me, bro. Like, I think the idea of owning a weapon for security and safety is not that outrageous uh obviously for what you're saying it's not that crazy right but it's just i don't i don't want to go spend fucking 500 bucks dude that sounds like that's a shit ton of money for me i could buy like a computer part or something that i actually want <laughs> and like that i'm gonna use like i never ever gonna use the fucking thing like i don't really like it it would have to be like you know an extreme situation but that's when you need it right like you don't buy a fire extinguisher when the fucking fire is already happening, you already have it, right? So you would have a fire. But if a fire extinguisher was 500 bucks, you probably wouldn't have one, right? I don't know. It just seems so expensive. I wish they had. Here's an, here's a business idea. Mo, moderately prized weapons for Democrats. <laughs> moderately prized Trust weapons me. of low quality for left-leaning uh, individuals. Yeah, trust me. The gun shops don't need us anymore like they're, they're they're having plenty of business right now as it is <laughs> so, uh, well i said this like in multiple podcasts but i wouldn't buy a shotgun when this all happened because i didn't feel what you felt that i felt the um the fear of people without a job and that's scary given that i've been in in a time in my life in which i was paycheck to paycheck and going multiple weeks without paycheck like if i worked in a restaurant right now I mean, I didn't take into consideration the fact that you can collect unemployment, but if I'm if I'm not taking a paycheck for even a couple of weeks, I would have been struggling hard, dude. So I was thinking like break-ins and crime was gonna re- was gonna increase. So I wanted a weapon and I went to buy one, and it was uh, the ones that you can buy because you can go into a place and buy a shotgun without much of anything, you know, just your. You know, just make sure you don't have anything, any active criminal record. So you, you can literally go and buy a shotgun in like a matter of mi- minutes, like 
with the proper documents. And um, they were they were out of those completely. No shotguns available because a lot of people in my situation felt the same way. So a lot of people that did not have guns on the left have shotguns right now. I could tell you that because it was not just me that was thinking that way. People that would never, ever consider buying weapons have bought weapons. So that's another thing to consider, Tucci. Like, you can say, oh, yeah, I, I don't think that the this the, the side of the country is armed. Well, it might be armed now after this. Uh, but still, like, <laughs> they have decades. We don't know how to use them. Yeah, they have <laughs> decades-long head start. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's... You know, and that's that's one of the things on the left where we've been very active in opposing individual right to bear arms, right? Um, and that, and I think correctly based off the history of the Second Amendment. Like personally, I think that is a correct way to not only interpret the Second Amendment but also how our founders interpreted the Second Amendment. But regardless, what that's left us with is is basically the left-wing people without a lot of, of guns. So. Wait, wait, go back. So you're saying the Second Amendment is being interpreted correctly right now or incorrectly right now? I think it's personally, personally, this is my opinion, it's not the law of the land, but I think it's been interpreted incorrectly by the Supreme Court. In what way? In which the, the individual should not be owning weapons? Yeah, so in the Heller decision, which uh, I think this was decided back in 2005. So this was a the Supreme Court decision that essentially held that individuals have a right, an individual right to bear arms, right? And that's been that's what's so controversial is because the Second Amendment says absolutely nothing except for the right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed, right? To keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But before that, it says a well-regulated militia being necessary to blah, 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 blah. So like the, the, it's the militia part that's important because a militia back in 1785 or whatever was not uh, an individual person. It was an, an, an aggregate of people to defend the state, right? So how you can interpret the second amendment to guarantee an individual, a single person's right to constantly bear arms and, and own guns. Uh, that's a stretch. That is a huge stretch. And that's not, that, that was never how it was interpreted prior to the Heller decision. So this yeah, but, is, this so, is a so recent development. Here's one thing that would be a so let's say that they interpreted the way you did, it would be just as bad because all you would have to do is fabricate a quote unquote militia, right? So, and then you become a member of it and and then you purchase the guns. So, now are you not only purchasing guns, but you're actually helping them come together with the guns? You well, see what I'm saying? Uh, well, okay, but that that's presupposing that's the standard, right? So obviously the Supreme Court would have to determine what the standard is, right? For a uh, militia. For a militia, right. And I I don't think it'd be that easy. But I, you know, again, it just depends on how it all turns out. Um you you could be right where it's like, okay, I have a militia, 
give me a give me a gun. I just have a hard time, you know, thinking that that's how it's going to turn out. But regardless, Militia's well, it back. Out, it, it turned out the other way. It turned out that it was, um, it was actually uh, allowed to. To, to the individual, which is not what you think it was intended, but it's just your personal opinion. So go on. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I mean, you know, regardless, militias back in the day were essentially police forces. Okay. So we have our militias, our present day militias. They're called 911, you know, the freaking PD department. And I think that's how we should interpret the Second Amendment. Again, there's a lot of people who disagree with me, but as it stands right now, <laughs> the left wing does not have a whole lot of guns compared to the right wing. And that's something I think we should be concerned about if we ever get to a point where that matters. And I hope it doesn't. I really hope it doesn't. But especially with this presidency and Donald Trump, it's something that we have to consider, have to think about, have to plan for in order for us to be prepared, to be better prepared for that outcome. Right. And the reason I say that is because no one thought Hitler was going to come to power in, in Germany. No one did. You know, he was arrested uh, back in the early 20s and then they just thought this guy was crazy. Right. Because he wrote Mein Kampf and whatever. But then he came to power in the thirties and Germany was completely transformed. And he, com he, he insidiously came to power. It was, it was in such a way that was underhanded and hidden and no one saw it coming until it was too late. And that's what I'm, I think we need to start preparing for is, okay, we, we, we have these four-year election cycles for the president, but what happens if Donald Trump does what he's always acted, you know, if, if he acts within his character and if he follows through with what he's always done before and acts in his own best interests, like what if that happens after the election? What do we do then? That's all I'm saying. That's all we need to prepare for, you know? And what would you suggest would be a good preparedness to it? Have a contingency for him to throw a tantrum, which you can implement right now. So there's nothing unless, you know, you're like, you know, trying to set up a militia oh, no. in which start right here. A smart, stupid stuff. We're setting a militia. <laughs> I'm all for it. No, I, I am not. I am I want not to. advocating for armed conflict. Why, let me, man? Let, let me just put that out there. But what I am advocating for, right now, Democrats have the House of Representatives. We need to enact a law that sets out the procedure for removing an unwilling occupant of the White House who has duly lost an election, right? We need to have that procedure in place whether it be through the military, the secret service, I don't know, but we need to ensure that that is on the books, that it's a law and that whatever happens, people know what 
people know what is supposed to happen next, right? Um, and then there's there's other things we can do as well, such as in the state governments. You know, Democrats have a lot of governorships. They have a lot of state legislatures. You know, they have a lot of power to determine what goes on at the federal level. So I don't I don't know what those laws could look like, but we need to start thinking about what we can do to ensure that any impact that that has is mitigated and that we can nip it in the bud as soon as it does happen. I, I don't see that being a thing to G and here's the number one thing is because this is in a way a very far fetched or it seems like right now a very far fetched thing. I, I don't have any um, inclination to think that someone would this would be something in their minds or something that would pass right now before this election even you know like this is something that you could consider a conspiracy theory of the of the left mm -hmm. if you think about it so i i do you see anything like that passing no i mean it, it's a it's a noble idea and, and it is probably very valid but i don't see any legislation or any government uh, get any local governor coming up with a contingency plan for this right now it, you know what would have it would have to actually happen for then to be something in place oh without a doubt yeah I, so, I i get that i mean it's this is not something that i think is gonna happen i wish it would happen right because look at everything this man has done like how can you imagine him acting in any different way you know um, yeah, this is a guy that has made a fortune and a career of bending the rules. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, he's he's no or like manipulating the rules. Like he he was a real estate guru in New York, but he was also known for not paying his vendors and filing bankruptcy to make money and and shit like that. So I would not put him past him at all. To, for him to come up with some sort of rule like, oh, it doesn't say here I, I have to step out, so I'm stepping in. And then having enough of a following in, in the military and police to, to actually allow him to stay. I honestly don't see him. I, I honestly see that uh, happening, but I would wonder how the... I feel like even the Republicans and the right-wing individuals would be very against something like that, uh, in, in which we wouldn't really have to worry about militias at that point. You think so? I, I think that he would try to do it. I think that it would be a shitty thing to do, and it would be, uh, and if anything, it would get some sort of law in place. But I think too many people love the idea of America and the Constitution and things like that. To for them to, that would be too much of a fall, you know, like too much of uh, too much of a of a Russia, too much of a uh, dictatorship for them to be able to fall behind. I, I mean, some ex some extreme groups. I I, 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 I admire your optimism, but I think it's misplaced because look at everything that this man has done and his supporters have allowed to happen. Look at the impeachment, right? Where Mitt Romney was the sole Republican to come out and vote to convict Donald Trump when the evidence could not have been clearer, right? It, this but that's different because those are people who are interested in the Republican Party staying in control of uh, of the government right now. 
Those are professional politicians that are making calculative decisions. No, the calculative decision could have been, okay, let's remove Donald Trump from office. And then the vice president would have stepped in to be the president, which is Mike Pence, a Republican. But, but they're looking at their supporters and how much of a following he has and how powerful his message is. And they're looking at a lot of different things. So they're making, I don't think they like him, dude. I think that most of the Republicans don't actually fucking like him and they don't like how volatile he is and how inconsistent he is. They just put up with him as a, a strategic thing, right? So, so you I, I, think, I don't think, you I don't think, think his, their breaking think are, point is when he refuses to leave office after Joe Biden wins. You think? No, I think that, I think that the majority of actual people, humans that are living in the United States, who are whole like they, they would follow him to the death is, is a small percentage. There's a whole lot of people that uh, vote for him, but they would be turned off by the idea of him being a di- dictator. Yeah, but there's my, a whole lot of people. But my that, question to you is let's say that he refuses to leave office from those Republicans that you just said that would care that, you know, for the country that they don't they wouldn't see that as like the right thing to do do you think that they would be the you know they would have the power to effectuate change in that effect rather than his hardcore supporters who have all the guns who have all of these ammunitions that are going to be out there like intimidating people well, I wonder how what actual number of people that are that fucking crazy. What is that number? Because I think there's like moderate Trump supporters and the extreme some Trump supporters. And what you're referring to is what I would consider an extreme Trump supporter. There's nothing he can say that is wrong, right? They're like true believers. Like the guy can be caught saying a gazillion lies and they like him look and can, candidly old... i don't have the numbers right i don't have no, i know but I, you know i'm just saying hypothetically speaking i like to think that's a small percentage and i would do i would love to think it's a small percentage the problem is history repeats itself and and in, in nazi germany it was not a small percentage of people because you had these paramilitary right-wing groups that became the SS, right? Who went through and if essentially forced in the Nazi propaganda, the Nazi way of life. I can see that happening in not just America, but any country, any country. America is not special. America is not unique. We have a diverse set of beliefs in this country, uh, and everyone, you know, there is a significant portion of the country who has extreme right-wing beliefs there's also a significant portion of the country who has extreme left-wing beliefs right and i can see that happening in this country and it, it's happened throughout history and i think the i think people who say it can't happen here just need to be honest with themselves right it's it's not that it can't happen here it's that can we prevent it from happening here, right? We cannot be complacent. And if we are complacent, then we are going to allow it to happen here. So let's take the example of history and make sure that it does not happen. That's all I'm saying. That is it. Yeah, but again, it goes back to the fact that 
it is it's going to be considered sort of a conspiracy theory right now because it's so outlandish and outrageous but probably it would happen but it's not something that is going to be openly discussed like let's talk about what is going to happen when donald trump tries not to get out of of his office right um which is you know i guess the, the other thing to think about that i was thinking is what would be the international what would the international community like the what would they do if this happened right would they just simply let this happen I mean, what or, would they do? Like, what? Like, <laughs> would there be any interference at that point? Like, to no. Help? Who would interfere? Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? So, I'm thinking like, the Mexicans would. Just yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, that up. okay, one, we have the fiercest military in the world. Uh, so, and the only country that might step up is Russia, and they and. <laughs> They're definitely not going to step up because Vladimir Putin is a right-wing radical who loves Donald Trump, right? So he's never going to do anything. And I would never want foreign influence to come into our country, right? So, like, this is a, this is a uniquely American problem that we have. Donald Trump is a narcissist. He is a he he is a wannabe dictator. He is the orange nightmare to all of us. Okay, and what we need to do, and and I know he's been around for a long time, and we've just kind of become numb and disassociated from his antics and what he does on a daily basis. But if you objectively sit there and just analyze and look at what this man does. It should terrify you because he is the president of the United States. And as it stands right now, the president has a lot of power. And I am not confident that Donald Trump has the willpower, the wherewithal, and the tact to be able to accept defeat in a duly held election in this country. I just do not have that confidence in that man at all. Well, you know, and again, I, I like to think that he is going to understand as much of his, that, that this is, that this is just the way it works. Well, first off, I, I let's talk about whether you think he's not, you think he's going to be not elected. Do you think Joe Biden has an actual chance to win? That's a whole. That's a whole other issue. Um, yeah, because we're like we're actually, you know, you know, talking about a problem that may not ever be a thing. Because we're talking about how strong their his following is, how dedicated they are, and how united they are. And then we have a Democratic Party that does not have a, a what I would consider a solid candidate. Uh, and how how that's gonna affect it, and how can we? That would be a that would be an easier thing to do that rather than institute con, well, you know, that institute law that would say how do we remove a guy that doesn't want to get off? It would, a more realistic thing is how do we make this candidate stronger, right? Uh, which I I personally you know I I know very little, so I'm a good representation of the average American, but um, I don't think that. 
Joe Biden is a strong candidate. I think he's just kind of like a goofy old guy that's a little bit spacey. And 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 if if you're gonna change my mind off of that, what are the things that need to be done? Like, how do we portray this guy as somebody that's a powerful, strong leader? Because I'm not feeling it right now. You see what I'm saying? Well, uh, look, it, I don't think you're ever gonna be able to pro- project Joe Biden as a powerful, strong leader, right? He is a compassionate individual, an empathetic individual. Um, and I, th- I don't think that's inconsistent with being an effective leader. So I, I think that's the distinction we need to make. But regardless of you know the optics of that, um, the election is going to come down to how people feel, right? And the coronavirus epidemic, pandemic, has caused a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of discontent with the government. Now, I don't know if that's going to transition to Donald Trump, translate to Donald Trump, because he so far has been pretty effective in avoiding those feelings that are those negative feelings associated with the government, right? Even though he is the government. That's that's what blows my mind, but uh I, I you know, looking at his poll numbers, they've started to go they started to drop. They've, they're going down. So I, that gives me some hope. But I, again, I, I don't know. You know, it's still very early. It's April. We have until November. Hopefully in November, we're going to have an election. And um, it, it all just depends on how this whole thing shakes out, right? So, like, if we open up pretty early... And there's a resurgence of the coronavirus. The economy is probably going to tank again. You know, who knows what's going to happen with the stock market now um, because we are in a recession. I don't know if we're going to be able to immediately pick back up and, you know, the stock market's going to go back up once we do reopen. I don't, I don't know. Right. I don't know how the economy is going to react to that. So, you know, back in 19, the 1992 election, you know, George Bush Sr. said, it's the economy, stupid. Well, it, it kind of is, I think, to a certain extent right now. It is the economy uh, and how people feel about their jobs, their well-being, their ability to pay for stuff for their families. A lot of people don't, like you said, like you, like you keep telling me, Martin, a lot of people don't follow politics. They just don't know what's going on, right? Yes, yeah, what's in front of their faces. That's the only thing that drives them. Yeah. And this general idea and this general message, which Donald Trump is very good at uh, at, at uh, portraying, you know, like being able to get a strong message of confidence and, and appeal to people's insecurities and shit like that. And that's what really, regardless of how he's fucking you in the ass, it doesn't matter. Like he, you know, this is a guy that's worried about those Mexicans that are coming over here and taking our jobs, and that's what appeals to them. And whether it actually affects them or not, they they're gonna be motivated by that. And that's where, like, I don't feel Biden is anywhere. I don't even know any. I, I'm honestly, bro. I don't think I've ever heard Biden say one single word. To be honest with you, I haven't heard him. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, and, and he's out there. Thing. He's definitely out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and this to change, and and I and I like you know I I am a huge 
I, I don't want Donald Trump to be reelected. I think it is is foolish. I think the guy obviously only wants what's best for himself. And, and I am I need to come up with a strategy to to be better at <clears throat> portraying Biden and whatnot. I get over it or whatever, but I, I don't even know what that is. You know, like how how do you support a guy that? Uh, the only thing that seems to be going for him is the fact that he was the vice president when Obama look, was president. Look, I'm I'm not saying support him, but what I am going to say is give him a chance. And the way you do that is go to his website, you know, JoeBiden.com. Donate two hundred dollars. Just kidding. <laughs> no, and just like, <laughs> just like read about him, read about him, watch some videos, and just. Form an opinion about him based off of what you see, not what other people tell you. He needs to go to a Joe Rogan experience like right now. Okay. Honestly, bro, if he did, it would help, but whatever. I mean, like, dude, it doesn't matter, right? So like Joe Rogan, so what? Yeah. No, it would help, bro. I'm telling you. I, I don't like it. I, I Talk understand. To these people. I Talk understand. to these people. I understand it would help. I know you're close to their people, man. Talk to them. Look. Here's the thing, right? Just give him a chance. Just go go there, research. Do and it does it's not going to take that long. It's going to take maybe an hour or two, right? And then you're going to be able to form a solid opinion about Joe Biden. The important thing though is do not get the information from other people. Get it straight from Joe Biden. Yo, that's the kind of shit the pyramid scheme people tell you when they want you to get their pyramid scheme and they're like, don't go to Google and Google pyramid scheme. Just go, go to the fucking um, website that I'm telling you, go to the, the Amway website and look at our shit. We got our articles up there. Don't Google it. Just, just go to the, you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but that right there is a huge red flag about fucking Joe Biden, dude. He needs okay, to be okay. better. That's about not it. that's not what I meant. Okay, you can listen to other people, but let them be objective sources rather than fucking Joe Rogan or <laughs> like. Yeah, because you, I mean Joe Rogan. Joe you get Rogan's what I'm saying? Gonna, like they're never gonna well, have. I mean, just this is what he needs to do right now to win the presidency. He needs to be out there and and talk to like the more, you know, like popular sources and then he needs he should I, he should absolutely 100% try to go to Joe dude you know who's been in Joe Rogan that fucking senator with the patch the, the Navy SEAL guy he's, he's not, been there he's not a senator he's a congressman. whatever the fuck he is a congressman yeah. I mean I'm telling you like Joe Rogan is just a fucking interviewer and he's pretty objective when he's interviewing I'm, I'm you need to give you need to give him more of a chance but that's a better venue for him and i'm not saying just joe rogan i'm saying like he needs to somehow get more with the with the masses dude he's a little bit oh i don't know i i feel like all i know about him is the fact that like dude i know andrew what andrew jang had to say i love I lo- all these people what they have to say i have no idea what he he's like even pushing for what is his big big thing i don't even know what his big thing is I'm just saying I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying I we need to find out and, and, and promote it. The big thing um, is getting the country back to normal again. Like that's the that's it. That's getting getting <laughs> that get, is getting the whole up. fucking thing, right? And I understand, right? Not everybody, a vast majority of people probably don't follow politics. They don't know what's going on, and that's fine. That's okay. But what has been happening over the past four, three, four years 
is startling and it is terrifying and it's hard to really to tell you and and in a short amount of time because there's just so much that's happened and it's so bad for this country and what we need to do is just elect this guy joe biden to get things back to fucking normal again that way we can try and undo the damage that's been done by donald trump that's all we can do well, that's your opinion, and and I uh, and that's what you could do. And um, it has been an hour and thirty minutes, which is so we should we should finish it up. I think that was a good finishing statement for you. Is that are you okay with that one? Or do you want to do another one? No, that's good, man. Let's do it. What I want to say is, um, buy guns and fuck everything else. No, I think I, I'm just kidding. I, I don't. I don't have any like really. We talked about a lot today. Um, I think it was very informational. It wasn't as funny as we normally are, but I really, I really like what we did. I think it's necessary. And um, I've been thinking about doing a separate podcast just specifically for for this kinds of topics, and and just stay tuned for more of that. Just maybe not a podcast, but maybe episodes that are entirely focused on the current events as we get closer to the election. Um, the main purpose of this episode would be to inform, not try to keep him as objective as possible. But, but you know, the elections are going to, to be a, a weird thing if they actually happen, right? And I want to, and we want to try to figure out the best way that we can help. Um, the American people, because that's what I do. That yeah, an election podcast exactly. All right, dude, you done? I'll Good. see you guys later, and bye bye. See ya. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps—you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.